let's start this. Thing. And let's now you this. get to talk to me. <laughs> and that's our intro. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. It's time for the Mythwits, the show dedicated to all things geek, pop culture, drenched in absurdity, and coded with sarcasm. As you would have seen a few minutes ago, every week we bring on an industry guest to talk about the ever-expanding Geekoverse. And to play a game with us, uh, you'll get to see that game later. Uh, we do our damnedest to be funny, but there are no guarantees. I'm your host, Peter Bryant, and joining me this week is Big Mouth Mike K. Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest this on this episode is Charles Brown, or C.D. Brown. C.D. Brown, but you can call me Charlie. Okay, fantastic. So Charlie is is an author, but we were talking. Um, this is sort of an impromptu show. We kind of we kind of booked this last minute, which is which is fun. Um, Charles just did a book release this weekend. Yeah, I did a book release at Balticon this weekend. Uh, uh, Vamp City is the book from Griffinwood Press. We uh, had a great time last night. We had uh, cake. We had cake. And it wasn't a lie? No, it wasn't a lie. No, I had, showed up there. No, I, I made, we got cake. We had sangria. We had uh, vampire uh, fiction. It was, uh, it was a hell of a time. I sold all, all my books. In fact, um, Who was there? Who was there out here? Who was there? Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. Very good. All right, wow. good. Full house. Nice. Yeah. My wife was there. She didn't put she didn't put her hand up because right. that's like hundred percent. Yeah, she doesn't uh, she does she doesn't participate. She doesn't play well with others. So. Yeah, she's probably <laughs> sitting back there right now. It's like, what the, the fuck did you yeah, drag me right. to? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Charlie, 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 shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. But Here, we, I've been I've I've been no, I've been known to stick something else in my mouth. Right. Not my, <laughs> but the worst of those are my foot. <laughs> But we were talking earlier, and before we get into talking about the novel, because uh, we a lot of times we like to start this show out with a discussion, which leads into uh, into into sure. the works. Um, you're a foodie. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm. Uh, 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 I I started uh, I started cooking uh, because uh, I'm originally from New Orleans, a town known for its food, and um, my roots in my roots in New Orleans go way way back. Um, my family. We can trace ourselves at least to one side, 1839, on the other side, 1804. Nice. So, um, so my first choice of college uh, when I was leaving uh, was the University of Southern California. And, um, and so I had to learn how to cook. You know, I, you go to Los Angeles, there's just not that much New Orleans food. And my favorite, yeah. my favorite dish is uh, jambalaya. So I was like, okay, I'm going to learn. My mom started me, you know, where they put in the bacon, you know, start baking. The key is to my mother's jambalaya is that there's no butter, it's bacon grease. So you put bacon down, you fry the vegetables, and then, you know, the rice goes in. And so I went, I was like, I'm one of those guys, putting a recipe in front of me is, um, What's the, yeah, putting a recipe, yeah, 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 it's suggestion. Right, it's what you wipe your hands on, right, right, like when you put the bacon in the pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. putting a recipe in front of me never really works, so I just, I went to my mom's spice rack, and uh, I found out later these spices have been sitting around for like 10 years, and they weren't really fresh anyway, Right. but I grabbed what I thought was oregano, and I threw some in there, this is my very first jambalaya, Mm -hmm. and uh, I threw, I threw it in there, and I let it cook, and then. My mom comes in and he says, oh, it looks good. I think you got it right. And then she tastes me and goes, what did you put in it? And that oregano was fennel seed. Oh. So oh. that was a licorice jambalaya. Oh. So, oh. so I got better. I know. So I got better. Um, along the way, uh, I've, had the, I've had the pleasure of cooking for some interesting people. Uh, one of my one of my biggest ones was uh, yeah. Do you know what um, New Orleans barbecue shrimp is? 
No. Okay, so barbecue shrimp New Orleans style is basically uh, boiling them in butter. So you make a lot of sticks. Of, yeah, so it's a uh, big Gulf shrimp. That sounds good. It is. It is <laughs> a lot of butter on top of it. Um, you know, a little, a little uh, oregano, a lot of black pepper, and Worcestershire sauce. Ooh. And so uh, one Fourth of July, um, I got invited to my friend Rio's uh, parents' house. Well, his parents, his dad is uh, Rio is Rio Hackford. His dad is Taylor Hackford, the director. Okay. So his stepmom is Helen Mirren. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm cooking in Helen Mirren's kitchen. Wow. All right. Yeah. So I make. I make. Wait a that's Dame Helen. Dame Mirren. Helen. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't Dame Helen, Mirren. and she she was like out of the you know she was the nicest. She was really the greatest. One of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, and so I'm you know, I made jambalaya the right way, no fennel seed this time, and um, and uh, and I made the barbecue shrimp. Um, and they have a house in New Orleans, so they're very familiar with New Orleans, and. Um, <laughs> And so uh, where they live is they live, if you know where the, you know, they live in the middle of Hollywood, like dirty, grungy, horrible Hollywood. The part that smells like pee? Right. Yes. They, but take that and then go 10 blocks, you know, maybe eight, eight, 10 blocks north, and they own six acres Ooh. up there. Their neighbor is uh, not Dean Devlin, the other, who's the independent state director? Roland Emmerich. Okay. Roland Emmerich was their neighbor at the time. They have six acres up so in the middle of stinky, pissy Hollywood, they have a farm. So I'm sitting there, and she's, you know, we, she was very pleasant. She said, oh, this is very good food. So uh, we're hanging out on the steps uh, after a while, and she looks at me, and she goes, really, Charlie, you're going to have to move in here and, and uh, become my personal chef. And I, and I looked around, and I go, I don't know. Is this a safe neighborhood? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably not the right thing to say. No, right, right. But yeah, so I've been cooking. But then, and since then, uh, my wife and I—at uh, least every Friday—we try and go out to a different restaurant to find uh, find some, something different. Um, normally, it's ethnic, uh, or you know. But you know, LA's food scene has gotten really, really good uh, lately. Yeah, I was in, I was in LA for the first time, and I went uh, about last a couple. It was last year. It was almost a year now. Damn. Um, and I went to this burger place, and they had bone marrow burger. So it was bone marrow in the burger, and holy sh! That's the best burger I've ever had in my life. It was so. There's a lot good. of yeah. You see a lot of bone marrow. You see a, you see a lot of uh, foie gras burgers mm-hmm. that are like but your foie gras. And, although I think foie gras, they I think they re-outlawed it. Yeah, it was outlawed for a while. It's kind of messed up. Where foie gras, eh. foie gras that's uh, goose liver. What they jam the goose? They do, with. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty. They it's, say the goose likes it. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> doesn't just s- like Mike liked that. Yeah. yeah uh, no, right. See you later in the program to understand. So, hamburgers is actually one of the things that LA is doing. Like you, can really, you can't you can't uh, go anywhere without seeing some sort of gourmet burger place. Uh, we went to the, the first time we were we went to our favorite place is called Umami Burger. It's kind of it's a chain, but there's a first. The first one is in uh, Los Feliz, our neighborhood. And we went there with my uh, cousin and uh, with my two cousins, uh, my old, my old, uh, the younger co- of which lives in Seattle, but he's always down there because his sister lives, you know, about ten minutes from us. And we go into this, uh, we go into Umami Burger, and uh, these are they're very small. They're not they're gourmet, but they're very small. And they've got they've invented kind of the brioche bun thing, and so we're all eating. And these, I mean, 
but the, uh, Ooh, the that's wings, a tasty burger. That's really tasty. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, the waiter comes up and he says, "Well, we have a dessert here. It's a and, burger." No, well, yeah, <laughs> he goes, "It's a. Uh, it's only at this location. Yeah, we knew, we knew they had five. It's only at this location. It's called a UFO, and it is a deep fried oatmeal cookie with uh, vanilla." Ice cream on top and salted caramel sauce on top of that. Sounds pretty good. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. But here's the thing. So we go. So we go. Yeah, we'll have we'll have four of those. Right. Because we're four people, and he goes, "We'll have four of those." And the guy goes, "Okay, one UFO, four spoons." We're like Jackson. (laughs) Four UFOs, one for each of us. He's like, "Um, it's a big ship." Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's the mothership. Right. Right. This is L.A., you know, it's like if, if people, you know, you know, I know actresses who've lived on air for 10 years, yeah, you right. know, <laughs> yeah, so, so the guy brings, the guy brings the, uh, the, the plates and, and, you know, we, the four of us just demolish these things, they're so delicious, and uh, the manager comes over, he's like this dreadlock, you know, guy, and he goes, this, this is strong. I've never seen anything like this. I can't believe it. I'm, I love this. And, and I go, I just turned, I look up and I go, we're from New Orleans. And he goes, oh, okay. I just walked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. He's like, you're not one of these L.A. lightweights. <laughs> no, right. no. You all know oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> we were, I'm used to punching in the different weight class. <laughs> right, right. But so, so you, were, you were saying... Um, you were saying when we were talking before that that food played heavily into your book, right? Right. So, um, so the the idea here is that uh, uh, the vampires are part of uh, the lead vampire Sophia uh, is does this thing called vampire rehab, and so what that means is is that the uh, the vampires uh, have given up human blood, and so. As part, and, yeah, so, but they still need some sort of animal blood, and they need fresh blood to keep them strong. And so, uh, I invented the the vampire rehab and gourmet society. I'll let that sink in. <laughs> the vampire rehab and gourmet society. And so, the first time, the first time we see it in uh, in the book, um, the the vampires who are in L.A. have been eat, uh, have been eating. Um, uh, expired plasma that the woman who's not a vampire had gotten for them so they're all sickly and gone and so she takes them to a uh, she looks on the internet and she finds a place and this is a real place that I used to live uh, a couple of blocks from where they where they sell live chickens okay and there's a giant plastic chicken on the top I love it <laughs> I love places that have the picture of the food that you're going to consume I have at least three pictures of Chinese uh, places with smiling pigs in, you know, in Chinese, yeah, this is my favorite thing. So, uh, yeah, so she goes and she like slices the chicken open, and yeah, they really, oh yeah, you have to have the blood. So, so you know, I talk about them having truffle pig blood, and you know, venison, and even you know, all this sort of stuff, just to like, you know, and then yeah, they, well yeah, it's a, it's got a, a grassy start, but then it's a finish of cornmeal, you know, <laughs> kind of the, the wine snobber because I'm not a wine, I am a beer snob, but I'm not a wine snob. So I love hearing people tell you. Know, so it's like I was doing the, and eventually Sophia, um, to make money, starts doing blood feasts for humans because if you live in LA long enough, it doesn't matter whether they like it or not. Right. Those it's are, what's hot. hot. Yeah. What's hot? Blood with chocolatey undertones. Right. Right. Exactly. And if I, 
Yeah, right. And I so, made this blood with a bunch of fennel. Right, it's right, delicious. Right, right. Yeah, I know. It's delicious. <laughs> and, so I, uh, and so I actually put a stand-in for the great uh, uh, um, Los Angeles uh, restaurant critic, Jonathan Gold, uh, by the name of Michael Silver. And he's like, he, he's kind of this rotund guy uh, with a you know, big ponytail. And he comes up, you know. And if you see him, his, his way of writing is always, is very conversational. So I had to go, well, you know, I've, I've eaten the uh, Vietnamese blood soups and all that, but this, this is a really interesting play. And, they, you know, and then the, you know, so it's it just that, you know, I was, I was trying to set up that, that yeah, that L.A. is, it does, you know, the reason why it took so long for L.A. to become a good food town is just that, is that the restaurants, when I was there from 97 to 2001, they were beautiful. And then you'd eat the food, and they're like, mm. right? You know, and it was all set decoration. In order to get good food in Los Angeles, you went to, you went to the the hole in the wall. It had to be in a strip mall. It had, probably didn't have a sign, you know. And there you get this weird mole. You get this weird Thai food or whatever, you know. And it would be like a one big special. And it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to be a food. Now it's a lot. Maybe if you would have stayed and cooked, right? <laughs> then you would have changed the face. Yeah, you know, my when I was there, uh, when I when I was there, my friend Joanne lives there, and she met up with me and had we had uh, lunch, and we went to this uh, Peruvian place, and it was a little hole in the wall. It looked like a, I don't know, it looked like a like a one of those corner like Seven uh, Eleven types to like a convenience store, but it had you know they they made food, and it was delicious. It was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can really find. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. So Vermont Avenue, which is the street that uh, connects. Um, South and, and North Los Angeles. So we live at the top of Vermont. And, and when we were living at USC, we lived in the middle of Vermont. If you drive along that in, in, the, uh, in Koreatown, you just, it's, 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 not like, it's not like, for example, Houston. Houston is about the same size as Los Angeles, but it's not like that in that you drive around Houston and there's patches of green here and there eventually going to disappear we know that but but for yeah but but right now but right now if you go on Vermont it is literal concrete block after concrete block after concrete block there are strip malls with 10 things in them five languages on the sign outside Tagalog Thai Chinese Korean English Spanish um, not not much French <laughs> but uh, and and you just know there's probably on Vermont 700 restaurants in a 20 block area. Wow. And I'm, uh, uh, there's no way to eat. There's no right. way to. You have to know. You have to know. It's the most disgusting thing you've ever eaten in your life. Oh, that's easy. Is this is this the story you told us earlier? Yeah. Go to okay. go to eyeball. Go to eyeball. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I go to. Uh, <laughs> goat eyeball. So, I can beat that. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I went to a. a so I was working when I moved. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I was getting my master's degree, and I was working uh, to get into academia. I was working as a as a tutor in a writing center for in in South Central uh, in Boys in the Hood territory, and uh, my coworker was uh, Zambian, and we bonded over uh, the. Nigerian musician Fela Kuti, who is, he's the Elvis of Africa. He's uh, the bigger, he, he basically took James Brown and John Coltrane, added African beats, and he's the biggest, 
he was the biggest star before he died uh, in the early 90s. And so we're talking, we're, we're, Jenda and I are talking, and he's got you know, long dreads, and you know, he's got that inscrutable smile of the Central African, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, me and the boys, uh, every Friday night we go out and uh, get the goat's head soup, and then we go after, then after we go to the reggae club. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, Goat's Head Soup, you know, and I, you know, there's a, there's a Rolling Stones album called Goat's Head Soup. I knew it was also a Jamaican thing. And I'm looking at him and going, Goat's Head Soup, huh? Goat's yeah. Head Soup. And he's like, and he's like, he gets that half smile and he's like, and he starts to kind of pull back from me and he goes, do you want to like go sometime? You want to go He's like, he didn't really want to ask, but he's like, do you want to like Go once. I'm like, yes! Yes, of course I want to have the goat's head soup. Why wouldn't I? So I go to this place. Because <laughs> it's a goat's head. head. Right. Nothing on a goat tastes good. Yeah, you cheese. know. Hey, you got you to gotta eat everything but the bad. You know, so. So, um. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Goat, goat cheese. cheese. They all look alike. They all yeah, feel alike. Yeah. Oh. 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 What? Uh. <laughs> Right. Okay. Anyway, does anyone know? Does anyone know that lawyer joke? A good goat will do that. Right. Oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so um, you may not know this. Los Angeles does have a very large Nigerian population. Uh, the more the more visible one is the Ethiopian population because there is it's it's up nearer to Hollywood, and there's this strip where they have like five, seven Ethiopian places. They're all different. They're all interesting. They're all good. But I I I'm much more into Nigerian culture. You know. And so I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great!" So I go there, and yeah, I'm the only, I'm the only white person in probably a twenty block radius. I've been there before. This is not my first time doing that. I walk in, I sit down, and then uh, Wajenda comes in and he takes me over. And there's the, there's these very you know this group of Nigerians are all about my age. Wajenda is definitely the youngest of all of us, you know. And so um, so you know, and it's just they come out and it's just. They just say, how many bowls? Because they know these guys, how many right. bowls. So they put bowls all in front of us. And uh, I start to look in there. And, yeah, it's like, there's nothing below the neck. You know, it's got to be brains and, you know, the, the equivalent of hogshead cheese and, and all that stuff. And, yeah, it is packed full of eyeballs. And I'm like, and I'm like, hey. And, and the woodjen is like, mmm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, and then, and he goes, wait a minute. And then, and so the guy, one of the guys who's sitting across from me, this dude's like six five, six six. He looks like a professional basketball. He looks like he could be Shaquille O'Neal. And he's got, he points this big sausage finger. He's got this really long wings. Points this big sausage finger. Goes, look, man, you gotta eat the eyeball. It's the best part. And I'm like, really? And I go, and I turn to Wajin and I go, should I eat the eyeball? And he just has the inscrutable smile. Go, yeah, eat the eyeball. Inscrutable <laughs> smile. And he didn't say anything to me. He's just smiling. And I was like, you're not saying no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I pluck an eyeball, not out of like the socket. I pull an eyeball out of you know, it's it's free floating at this point in time. Which is good because yeah, I mean, this is what I want to oh, know. There's like, there's like seven to ten of them in right, there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, how many goddamn eyeballs did they have to get from how many goats? They for probably how many heads? had. They probably had twenty goats. Heads. Nobody eats the eyeballs. Yeah, how right. many? How old were those eyeballs? Right. So <laughs> probably that's the real question. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. So I, so I take the eyeball. I take the eyeball and I put it in my mouth, and I, I 
bite down, and there comes there there comes the, the gag reflex. Her. <laughs> and, after, and after after that, and my you know, my own eyes kind of pop out a little bit. And but then I was like, okay, you're eating, you're doing this, Kyle. You're doing it. And so I bite down and I chew it. It's delicious. There's no way around it. It's delicious. I loved it. It was the best part of the meal because the rest of the stuff was frankly really gamey. I enjoyed it, but it was on the intense side. We're right. talking, you know, we're talking like uh, um, monkfish liver or like the really irony kind of stuff. You know, that it's really heavy. And so the eyeball actually to me was the best part, although I only ate one because I, if it makes me gag, I'm not going to eat anymore. And so, <laughs> and so, and so the so the bald guy who was across from me goes, "You did it." <laughs> And so the other guy sitting me next to me, he gives me one of these. Yeah, he goes, "We don't eat the eyeball. <laughs> Nobody eats the eyeball." Oh right. So, so, so basically, you know, some, you know, some goat got a, a bird's eye view of my intestines. Right. <laughs> goat's eye view. Goat's eye view. So, so what is it? What is it? Your book? What is the book about? What is the name uh, of the book? And what is it about? Okay, the book's name is Vamp City, and um, it starts off, like I said, as a stranger comes to town. Sophia is coming to uh, Los Angeles uh, to running away from New Orleans, where uh, the Vampire Council uh, basically runs the town, and she's just uh, she's persona non grata at this point in time. So she gets to L.A. and she's trying to establish herself now the old because she was a storyville prostitute she's easily the the oldest vampire in los angeles except for this one guy who goes by the name the caballero and the caballero uh i probably should have read this last night the caballero speaks uh barcelona in spanish so he so he talked to her like beat oh nice the whole okay. time yes 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 and so um and and it's rumored that the caballero was Zorro. Okay. So he's that old. He goes back to Juniper Serra and the and the original. And so um and so somebody kills the caballero and puts a video up. You know, uh, you can't actually see it, but you know because vampires don't show up. But um, but yeah. So it goes. You know, he gets killed. And so first off, Sophia takes the blame. But she had an alibi because she was running a, a session at the time. So then it turns and she has to. What's a session? The the uh, the the, 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 the rehab session. She was running a rehab session. Right, the the food and stuff. Yeah, the foodie stuff. And so since she was she, she had an alibi, all of a sudden she's put in charge because she's an outsider and she can find. So then it turns and it becomes it becomes more of a Dashiell Hammett novel. In fact, the the real inspiration behind this is Red Harvest, which was also the inspiration for your Jimbo. So she's going to all of these individual gangs throughout throughout the uh, the city, trying to figure out who's behind it. And it's kind of an open mystery. It's the, uh, there's this big uh, gangster from the '50s who uh, who was part of Jack Dragna's gang, the the gang that uh, was destroyed by Mickey Cohen, uh, who took over from you know, who was Bugsy Siegel's right hand man, and eventually okay. did take over L.A. And these are um, all vampire games. Yeah, these right? now well now this guy was was turned by the Caviero to keep the, the Italian gangs in line. Okay. And his name is Frank Walusi, and he goes by the nickname Fudgy the Whale. Nice. And oh, so Yeah, so it turns you know, so Fudgy ends up being and he's always kind of one step ahead. So she goes through this period like 
she becomes the caballero. She tries to form a council, and just this, it's kind of, it's kind of the Godfather. It's got this kind of gangland aspect to it, but with vampires. There's also a lot of, you know, I, I talk about, uh, there, uh, if you read it, there's a, there's a lot of a weird, I have a were-possum. I have. Uh, so there are other mystical. Yeah, there are. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the center that she works for uh, is the ZLVG Center, um, which is zombie lycanthrope, vampire, and ghost. And everybody says, I don't think zombies are real. And she said, and the woman who opened it said, if they were real, I'd help them. <laughs> so, but, and so, um, so yeah, other, yeah, there, yeah, there are, we don't, we don't see any ghosts, we don't see any zombies, but we do see, a, 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 we have seen a few lycanthropes. And, and just real quick before we wrap up, how, Give me a flavor of these vampires. Are we talking, are they these super powerful things that, that humans could never begin to beat? Are they more down to earth? Yeah, it's mostly vampire versus vampire in this one. So okay. um, I, I kind of, I see them more as as uh, separate from society, like an underground society. They are, no, no human could, pro, no human could defeat them in one-on-one -on -one battle. They're very fast. Right. Um, they're predators. Yeah, you know, they are predators, but... But I've given them a lot of uh, human aspects. So it really is, they really are, have a lot of personality. They all have. Uh, one of my favorite gangs that I invented uh, for this was the Black and Whites. And so she goes over to their house and they all, these were all former uh, actors and actresses of 50s Hollywood. So they all paint themselves to look as if they're in a black and white movie. Oh, okay. That's and cool. And so, yeah. And so they sit around swing dancing and, and you know, dressing up in shorts and talking, hey, doll, how you doing? You know, they're really <laughs> talking like they're in old, you know, so, so there's a lot of that, that kind of stuff. Is this modern day? Or what yeah, yeah. It's, it's, as, it's as modern as, you know. Hey, what are you coming into my town for, huh? Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> Melvin Green, I, uh, the, the, the thing about it is since I had Sophia be you know, a Storyville prostitute, I just, I basically had her say she just never liked, you know, movies were too new for her and she never liked it. So I make a lot of movie references and she never gets it. So that's, yeah, so that's kind of, every time there's a movie joke, she goes, what are you talking about? You know, so. Cool. All right. So where can we find you and your books and such? Uh, you can find me at charliebrownwriter.com. Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook as C.D. Brown author page. Uh, and uh, on that author page, you can also find my Twitter and Instagram uh, for C.D. Brown. Uh, what I'm doing on the, on the author page right now is I'm actually going around uh, taking pictures of the locations that I, that I was choosing as I was making Vamp City. So I have the Z, what I pictured the Z, the, the building that the ZLVG Center was. I have the picture of the, of the chicken, of the chicken uh, place and all that sort of stuff. So, and there'll be more going up, uh, in the next couple of months. So is, is this going to be something we can get an audio book, podcast? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, right, as of right now, uh, Veronica Jaguar is, uh, is oh. doing the audio book. And so that should be ready in a couple of months. Wow. So you hired some real talent, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, the, the David Wood hired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I imagine Veronica would have done it if I had self-produced it, but David Wood did hire her. Okay. Fantastic. All right, Charles. Thanks for joining us. Let's wrap this up before uh, before my next group of panelists that are coming in here. I know. Yell at me. We don't want to go. Yeah, we don't want to go to the over like Mike did. Right. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, you just enjoyed another awesome episode of The Mythwits. We're live on Facebook Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Please ask our guest questions or just banter with the other Mythfits. If you like our live, or if you, I'm sorry, if you miss our live show, you can always catch the Encore episodes on you, Facebook and YouTube. Find us at Mythwits.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as Mythwits. If you don't have time for videos, make sure to subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcatcher. Do the like, follow, subscribe thing wherever it's appropriate, and make sure to share your favorite episode on social media. It helps spread the Mythwits love over the entire planet. <laughs> Mythwits <laughs> is a Creative Commons product. I feel like a dickhead right now. Oh. Like and share it in all the places. Just don't eat it. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, no, actually, just don't sell it. Don't edit it. And please don't fill it full of dicks. Mythwits is part of the TSR Podcast Network. Check out TSRPN.com for more cool shows. Make sure to check out our parent company, Aetherforge.com, for more cool stuff. To join our mailing list. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Tell your friends to tune in. And Mike? It never happened. For those of, for those of you who weren't here, you missed it. Those of you who were here, it never happened. But I, as, as in the words of the immortal Ice T, eat a bullet. <laughs>